Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. I'm not going to tell people how old you are. I know, but I'm not going to tell them. But you have the enthusiasm of a 16-year-old. Did you have the savvy of a 70-year-old? So that's all well, I'm going to say. I, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I never thought the day would come, Jerry. You know, I uh, when my my father hit this milestone of age, I was like, man, you know, it's uh, it's an old age, and I never thought I'd be there. But uh, time flies in this world, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, we're, you know, uh, we're there. I don't want to hear from. I don't want to hear from you that your current age is old. <laughs> I've got oh. belly button lint that's older than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. What's going on in the outdoor world? I'll tell you, Terry. Everything's happening. You know, I'm uh, I'm actually uh, kind of back in the the motherland right now, chasing some whitetail. Um, you know, spending uh, spending my birthday chasing a whitetail, but. So much is happening, Terry, and honestly, the the temperatures are colder than I would say a lot of us are used to. It's, we talked about this last year, and we seem to talk about it more and more, but just like everything in life, everybody kind of wants things to happen fast. You know, a, a typical ice season for us in the mountains, we always talked about starting in mid-December. You know, back in the day, if we were on, you know, the bigger bodies of mountain water in mid-December, that was early ice. You know, and then we get a couple of real cold years, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, early ice. But honestly, Terry, that cold front that hit us, you know, roughly 10 days ago, it has held strong. And luckily, you know, for everybody that's excited about early ice, those colder temps met calm conditions. And that's really all it takes for early ice is we need cold, but so often in Colorado when we get cold, we get thermals and we get wind, and the wind prevents the lakes from freezing. We mix this really massive cold front that kind of came into the state with very calm conditions. It locked up, and all it takes is one or two nights of a, you know cold conditions for these lakes to lock up and stay locked. So we went from you know kind of flirting with ice fishing, you know it was high country, it wasn't quite here, to full blown ice season. So Antero is capped a hundred percent. We I don't want to encourage everybody to rush up there um you know these early conditions can change so fast but the lake is capped you know depending on where you're at you're anywhere from two inches of ice to five inches of ice um you know so we always say like the boat docks the areas that don't have heavy wind um you know so there's certain areas of the lake that have more ice than others uh as always this is that time of year where you have to carry a spud bar you have to be prepared you could be fishing on five inches of ice in the morning and by the afternoon you step off the ice you could be on minimal ice or unsafe ice uh so we're cautious there but same thing uh Terriel has ice, a great early ice opportunity, 100% frozen there. Um, you know, again, we're seeing ice conditions from, you know, non-walkable upwards of six inches in certain areas. We're starting to see some capping at 11 mile. Um, so depending on the wind, the body of water, 
the mountains are seeing ice and does have fishable ice. Uh, as always, use extreme caution. But I would say that's probably the biggest thing. We are basically just wrapped up our third season of hunting. We're approaching the fourth season of hunting. Uh, but between the big game hunting, wrapping up walleye fish in the front range, and, and probably the most exciting portion of the season of getting ice in the high country, uh, there is lots to do here in Colorado. I want to circle back a little bit to the safety part of what you said. You and I know, both know that early ice can be some of the best fishing because the fish virtually go unmolested for a couple of weeks because you can't get out in the open water and, and then the, there's not walkable ice yet. But when that opens up, some of the best fishing. But, folks, what he said about a spud bar, I can't tell you how important that tool is a lot of times on early ice i don't even take an auger i just take a spud bar but you can't there is no other really good reliable way to check ice unless you drill holes as you go and even that won't work as well as a spud bar if you go to the best of fishing with terry wickstrom on youtube and go to the north michigan reservoir show i take you through how to use a spud bar and how to look visually at the ice that is so important. Also on Terry on the uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, we did put up recommendations of clear ice, saying this many inches of ice will typically hold this. That is just a recommendation. You have to check, as you well know, Nate. Absolutely, Terry. And so much can happen in this early ice. You know, you, you might have plenty of ice to stand on. You know, where you're looking for that four or five inches of good hard ice to be good for your weight. But on that thinner ice, you, know, you get one big expansion crack to where. Did we lose Nate? During the day. Can okay. you hear me there? Nate, go ahead, repeat that, Nate. For no, some no problem. Come. No problem. So, you know, on this early ice, these frigid temperatures, we're building ice so fast that during the day it'll expand. It basically has to, to move, shift, crack. Um, to make room for more ice as it builds. And, you know, you get one expansion crack and you can get weak spots. Again, currents this time of year to where we still have a lot of current flow coming in. That can cause, you know, ice conditions to change. So, so much changes on this early ice. I'd say more so than ever. You know, even though you might have walked on it an hour, two, three hours prior, you're checking it going out, you're checking it coming back. Um, you know, we use the Jiffy Scout, which is a, a device actually used to measure the ice and the thickness, but even that, you're drilling a hole. So a spud bar, if you strike on every step that you take when walking on the ice, it's ensuring that you know where your next step is going to fall. You know the conditions of the ice on that next step. So early ice, it's all about safety. Now, once you get on the ice, once you're using that spud bar, you feel confident. I love to walk everybody through kind of the, the few tips, especially in the mountain lakes. You know, we're, we're doing so much fishing for rainbows, cut bows, browns at this early ice stage. You know, the, the trout fishing is probably the most predominant early ice species that we target. So, you know, let's just say you do get up there to Antero or, you know, Lake John or any of these fisheries that freeze early. My handful of tips to, to having the most success, number one, if you want the biggest fish possible, you are looking shallow. So when I want big fish, I am staying in five foot of water or less. So big fish across the board, shallow water, five foot or less. My tip number two, have an active presentation. So often in that shallow water, if you use a dead stick, whether you're using a, you know, a jaw jack or a bobber, a spring bobber, it doesn't matter. If you have a still presentation, that shallow water Oftentimes, those fish are cruising fast, 
and they can overlook your presentation because it's sitting still. So being very active, even if you're using a tube jig, a spoon, doesn't matter. I want to really actively work these shallow water presentations because in that shallow water, in a lot of light, those baits are going to stand out. Those fish are hunting, and you'll draw those fish in. So step two, you know, have a very active, active presentation. The third thing that we kind of think about in that shallow water, oftentimes we'll still have late spawning browns. Uh, we'll have kokanee up in that shallow water spawning. There are still small remnants of some spawn things happening in shallow water, especially in like boat dock bays. You know, Antero's known for that. 11 Mile's known for that. In these areas where you might have late spawning kokanee, late spawning browns, you get massive rainbows and cut bows moving into those spawn sites to feed on the eggs. So those are areas that will draw massive fish in early ice situations. So we love looking at that. Um, and then the kind of the fourth thing, the only time I really go to that deeper water is if I want numbers. So if you were to come on a guide trip with us in early ice, you know, we ask you, hey, do you want big fish or you want numbers? You want numbers? I'm going to go sit on that weed line in 8, 10, 12 feet of water. I'm going to sit on a wall in 8, 10, 12 feet of water where those numbers of fish are constantly cruising by, uh, where you're going to catch a lot of fish. Not to say you won't still catch some big fish, but you're going to catch more fish than you do anything. But when you go to that shallow water where those big giants are hunting, that's how you're going to find those, those bigger fish. If you're out there and you're catching little fish, think about that shallow water. If you go in shallow and catch some big fish, you want to top the day off with some numbers, deeper water but those are the tips that are going to you know hands down catch you more and greater fish in early ice conditions than anything else you know it's almost like you read some of the stuff i wrote but that's exactly exactly <laughs> right i mean the biggest mistake even on the numbers of fish the biggest mistake early trout fishermen do is fish too deep even a lot of them are 15 20 feet deep not that there can't be fish out there but they're not typically where they're at. Even the numbers fish on some lakes are, are pretty shallow, and it's always easier and more accessible to start shallow and work deep. So being, being uh, too deep is obviously worse than being too shallow, especially to start, and the active presentation. A lot of times I'm checking holes just using a small Swedish pimple or a cast master type spoon and just trying to see if I can even draw something in. Cause a lot of times you're so shallow, you can't see anything on your electronics. Sometimes you just visually will see it. And that, that tells me if there's fish in the area, you just really nailed it, Nate. I appreciate that. It is the truth. And honestly, you know, we talk about shallow water being like that five, six feet of water. People get there and they start to panic. There's times we're fishing, carry in two to three feet of water. So more so than anything, just get in your head that, that there really is no such thing as too shallow, especially in this early ice. So keep that in mind. And last thing out there, I got to, you know, give a shout out to the hunters. Number one, on the, the elk side, I was so fortunate last weekend uh, to, to harvest an absolutely incredible big Colorado public land bull. But on the elk side, uh, the things to think about, migration is here. We have got snow. We have got cold. So we're seeing our, our cows and our immature bulls dropping down to lower elevations. We're seeing those big bulls be exclusively independent. So they are alone, kind of tucked away. So on the elk side, depending on what your goals are, you're looking for those big groups in lower country or those very individualized animals or bachelor group of animals in more remote areas. On the deer side, we are in full 
necessary. Um, find does. And it's not one of those things that you check a doe today and then come back tomorrow. You can stay with does all day. These bucks are not bedding down. The does might, the bucks are not. They are cruising all day looking, looking for active, breedable does. So on the mule deer side, stay out all day, find does, stay with the does, keep checking the does because those big bucks are in the area. Uh, and there's some absolutely incredible hunting coming up uh, on our fourth rifle tag starting this Wednesday. All right, my friend, we have just a minute or two left. First of all, I want you to tell me if you were going open water fishing one spot, if you were going ice fishing one spot, and then how do I take part in ice addiction? Absolutely, Jerry. So there's so much going on, but with that being said, open water, I've spent the last remaining week or so uh, at Chatfield Reservoir. We're getting big fish at Cherry Creek. But the, the shad numbers at Chatfield are so much more conducive to the angler out there. So if you're walleye fishing, go jump on Chatfield. Low light periods of the day, we're throwing jerk baits, uh, you know, high noon type stuff. We're throwing all the reaction baits, jigging wraps, spoons, blade baits, ice fishing. I would hands down go to Antero. I'd probably live on the south side of the reservoir in extremely shallow water. That's going to be the biggest trick there. And ice addiction, we are open now for ticket sales. They went on sale this week. Uh, so you can just go to tight tightlineoutdoors.com. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to Fishing Chaos, but search Tightline Outdoors. Get to one of our sites. Find that ticket site and grab your tickets now. Remember that the people that are buying tickets now are going to be the first ones on the ice this coming winter. Each event's going to have over $26,000 in cash and prizes. First place being $7,500 cash at every event. Uh, so make sure you get those tickets now. I know we have Black Friday coming up here soon. A ticket to Ice Addiction makes a great Christmas gift for anybody out there that's uh, that's an outdoorsman. All right, my friend. As always, great information, and we look forward to uh, – I guess we won't talk to you for a couple weeks because we have a short show next week because of football, but you get out there and have some fun and enjoy your birthday and Thanksgiving. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. You as well. All right, Nate Zielinski, always a great resource, always good to have on. I want to circle back again to the safety part before we go. Safety this time, there's, we say over and over again that early ice can be some of the best fishing and late ice. And there's reasons, there's transitions going on. And because there's transitions, safety is paramount. Um, ice fishing, we say there's no such thing as safe ice. But ice fishing can be one of the safest winter activities. In fact, we get very few tragedies in ice fishing. We get a lot more in skiing and avalanche uh, people that are just out in the outdoors. But be common sense makes it very safe. I can't emphasize the spud bar thing enough. And that's a good heavy spud bar chisel, a full-length one, not some little one. Every ice fishing out, outlet in the area carries them. In fact, we're going to talk to Jack, Jacks in a minute. I'm sure they have them. And that's Spud Bar. And go to the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom and go to the North Michigan show. And it talks really a great tutor on electronics, but it talks about using that Spud Bar. Go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We have a chart that's put out by DNR. Uh, government agencies throughout the country and what they recommend how much ice it takes to support different activities now that's a guideline and that's clear good ice so you still have to use common sense but really make sure you understand ice and ice fishing when you go out we're going to take a time out when we come back we're going to join the folks at jack's outdoor gear in loveland and one of the new it's not the newest store but it has certainly become the most unique store in the Jack's chain of stores. All that and more in Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 
If you're stranded all alone, you can count on me to get you home. I'll be your shelter in the storm. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, another Wickstrom and Dover song. I think, uh, I think somebody, Dante, you're not sucking up to me a little bit, are you? <laughs> Maybe he is. But anyway, check out Wickstrom and Dover. Search us and listen to our music. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from Jack's is Ian Freehill. Good morning, Ian. Hi, Terry. How you doing this morning? It is a fantastic looking day. A little cool, but boy, the sun is shining. Yes, sir. It's a lot nicer today than it was yesterday. I'm thinking about maybe doing some fishing this afternoon with my son. That would be awesome. I know you're an avid angler. We'll get to that in a minute because I want to talk about the fishing you've been doing, and it's open water fishing. But first thing I want to talk about is it's not a new store, but it's going to seem like a new store. The east location of Jackson Loveland is probably going to become your flagship store. It has been expanded. Tell people about it. Yes, sir, Terry. We um, we own the whole building, and Gold's Gym previously was in that. Um, they vacated their lease around the first of the year. And since then, we've been really renovating and taking over that space. So um, we're just about completed with that and have a whole lot more to offer our customers. Um, we've expanded bike ski paddle, so we have a full-service bike shop now. Um, we have a five-lane archery range. Um, we've hired an archery tech that can work on bows and set up bows. Um, full line of athletic gear, soccer, baseball, basketball. Um, lots of new things there. Tremendous um, expansion in our casual apparel for both women and men and kids and a full line of athletic footwear as well. So lots of new stuff at the store. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's expanding the amenities. Having your archery tech and an archery range right in the store, a couple of your other stores do have that. Then a bike shop. In today's world, if you're buying a bike, you know, I know my wife, Karen, who produces this show, she's always having tuning and checkups done on her bike. It just makes your biking experience uh, more more pleasurable the athletic department is something new to jacks isn't it um we've dabbled it in the past terry not in my store um but we're we're going full on now um like i said in my store we've never done it i think in some of the earlier stores they did it a little bit um but we're we're fully back into it now why don't you you know sometimes there's confusion because there's two stores in loveland why don't you tell people which store you are so they can differentiate a little easier Yes, sir. Um, we're at 950 East Eisenhower, so um, in the same parking lot with Papa Murphy's Pizza, directly across from Home Depot, and like I said, where the Gold's Gym location used to be. And so you are the further east. Both stores are on Eisenhower, but one is further west as you're going out of town, and this one, and that's a big store, too. Uh, both these stores are going to offer tr tremendous Christmas shopping opportunities. Yes, sir, and we have a very big Black Friday ad, so come see us the day after Thanksgiving. Lots of really cool promotions for that sale as well. I want to move on to some hunting and fishing, but before we do, you talked about more casual apparel, and i got to tell you, I bought the smart wool socks you guys carry for Karen, uh, and mm -hmm. usually we buy socks and stuff as almost a, a, a gag gift because we try to find something, you know, nicer but i tell you what she has fallen in love with those smart wool socks guys if you want to make your wife happy buy her a couple pair of those smart wool socks they are phenomenal 
absolutely. I look forward to socks every year at Christmas, Terry, because I never buy them for myself, and that's the only time I get new ones. My wife gets them for me every year. Well, I'll tell you that smart wool. She wears them year-round because they do such a great job of moving the moisture away from your feet. They're soft and comfortable. They feel like a cotton sock, but yet she wears them and her feet don't sweat in them, yet they don't get cold either. It's just, they're just tremendous. Anyway, another thing, I, I believe you're going to have a room in that store where you can do things like hunter education classes. Yes, sir. We have an old basketball gym that Golds used to use for aerobic classes and basketball and whatnot. And, um, yeah, we have that. We haven't renovated it at all. A real large space, and um, we'll start doing hunter education classes in there. Um, I believe our next class is scheduled for Saturday, December 10th. Um, should be on the CPW website to, to sign up for that. The spaces go very quickly, so I'd encourage anybody who's interested to check that out. By any chance you'll start doing a few seminars there? I sure hope so. We've done fly tying classes in the past. Um, again, anything related to the outdoors, that, that's what we do at Jack's, Terry. We're grown up and we're having fun, and we love doing that stuff at Jack's. So um, hopefully a bunch of that in the future. I don't like the growing up part. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, let's, before we moved on to some of the fishing you have been doing and are looking forward to doing, uh, how is your stock? You opened this new store, expanded. Let's take ice fishing, for example. We've been talking about things like spud bars and augers and shelters. Mm-hmm. We, in the past few years, stuff has been slow coming in. How are you guys doing with ice fishing gear? Um, ice fishing gear is coming in full tilt right now, Terry. We've got a full line of augers. We've got a bunch of rods and rod and reel combos. Um, I've got safety gear, spud bars, and we've got um, foot traction devices. Um, we do carry mealworms, waxworms, minnows all the time. Um, we've got huts. We've got heaters. Um, we're fully set to, to equip anybody who's new to the sport or needs to add to their gear that they've already got. All right, so you could be the ice fishing head for headquarters for everybody in northern Colorado here, especially with your new store and all the amenities you have. People need to stop by. Now let's talk Absolutely. a little bit. You love you love ice fishing, but you really also love open water fishing for trout and some of these front range lakes, don't you? Yes, sir. I sure do. It's crazy the transition this year. It seems like I mean, less than two weeks ago I was out trolling for white bass at Boyd on my boat. And now they're ice fishing up in the high country, and we've got, you know, snow and single digits. It's, it's crazy how the transition happened this year. But you've been chasing a lot of trout in the major. The major reservoirs up and down the front range in the fall are heavily stocked with trout. And you've been chasing those. That's one of your favorites, isn't it? Yes, sir. I really love that. I love to catch anything, Terry. I'm just a fisherman, and I'm non-selective. And the fun thing about stock trout is generally they're pretty easy to catch. Um, in some of, I've been fishing Horsetooth Reservoir a fair amount lately, and there's a very strong forage base there right now. Um, a lot of smelt, a lot of crawdads, um, juvenile bait fish. I, one of the trout I caught a week and a half ago had a bunch of baby bluegills in his stomach, which was unusual. But those fish get big quickly, which is why it's a lot of fun to catch them there. Um, they've stocked, I think, 90,000 trout in there in the last two years, and I've been catching a lot of fish up to the 17, 18-inch mark right now, and they fight like crazy when they get that big. Any particular techniques you really like? Um, I've, I've been catching them primarily with just worms under a bobber. Um, trout, in general, are all through the water column, so you don't have to be down towards the bottom. Um, I'll fish a flip bobber rig four or five feet below the bobber with just a piece of a night crawler, and that works very well. Um, 
you can throw metal lures as well. Um, Thomas Boyant's um, Cast Masters. Um, Blue Fox Vibrax spinners work great. Um, if you prefer a more active style of fishing, that'll work great. Um, you can do both at the same time, which is a lot of fun. Get yourself a second rod stamp and, and put the bobber out and then throw a lure and see which one works best for you. I couldn't agree more. Ian, we have to run, but great information. And I hope you have a great Christmas season at that new store. It sounds phenomenal. And I hope you do get out fishing with your kids today. All right, Terry. Really good talking to you. Thanks again. You bet. That's Ian from uh, the Loveland store, the East Loveland store in Fort Collins. They're going to have so much to offer there. I tell you what, this is a great transition because Chad Lachance wants to talk about taking those stock trout. Not only more ways and more places to catch them, but what to do with them afterwards and maybe make some tasty holiday treats. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Clearwater Revival. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us as he does on a regular basis, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. Happy holidays. Hey, the same to you. You know, I kind of finished up with our last guest talking about catching stock trout, and I looked at the stocking report and Horsetooth and Boyd and up and down the front range. They've been just pouring trout into these bodies water plus a lot of them are big enough to have some really nice holdover trout they get some pretty good size and this not only provides a great fishing opportunity but great table fare if done right doesn't it yeah absolutely and, and i looked at the stocking report as well getting ready for uh for this call and and yeah you you pretty much hit that nail on the head everything up and down the front range has been stocked i talked to a friend of mine who drives one of the trucks uh, he said the list would be shorter as to where he wouldn't have gone so far. So, yeah, I think the bottom line is wherever you like to go catch stock or trout, this is an excellent time to do it. Also, just getting some ice reports, just a few places starting to get some rim ice, which bodes very well for the trout fishing right now because, as you're well aware, uh, right before ice is, is where they get really, really good. In fact, some of the best fishing I've had for trout have been literally right as it starts to ice in. Uh, and so good good chance to go out and catch a bunch of them. Uh, and as we've discussed in the past area, they're very much uh, meant to be put and take fish. So uh, taking a few of them home, <clears throat> excuse me, is not uh, not going to be an issue at all. And at this time of year, everybody's trying to share food. You know, everyone's going, got holiday parties and uh, things like that. And I always bring some sort of fish or game anywhere I go. I'm pretty sure that's a big shocker to listeners out there. But uh, when I bring food to somebody's house, it's almost always fish or game that I've harvested. And I feel like at this time of year, uh, some sort of a trout thing is a good call. You know what? Before we get into some ways to prepare them, what are some of your favorite presentations or tactics when you go for these trout? Well, at this time of year, uh, in my opinion, they're fairly aggressive. And I was listening to your last caller talking about a static rod, and I fully agree with that. That's a great way to go about catching them. But you know me, Terry. I've got the focus of a squirrel. So I want to cast and retrieve something, if at all possible. And if I'm going just to straight harvest them, and this is going to sound silly coming out of me, but if you take a piece of power bait and you mold that into a shape on a hook instead of just putting it into a ball, putting it on a treble hook, but if you mold that into something long and skinny and maybe flat on one end, if people go on our YouTube channel, there's some videos about that. The Europeans have taken that to a science. 
and basically taking the power bait, molding it into a shape on a hook, and then retrieving it so that it wobbles back and forth like a spoon uh, or spins like an inline spinner is a, a kind of a high-level trick for using power bait as opposed to sitting on the bottom like your last caller was talking about or hanging under a bobber. Uh, now you've got the best of both worlds, and stalker trout love power bait, and your kids can do it, and it's cheap. And it's just an easy way to go about catching them. But the key is take a small piece of it, a long shank, straight shanked hook, and mold the bait and retrieve it. Uh, throw it out with a split side ahead of it, retrieve it back in. And the, the key there is that you can also release a bunch of the fish. That you're not going to gut hook them. So uh, you can release the fish if you want as well instead of just keeping your, your number to take and feed people. So that's probably the easiest way to go about catching them. But as your as your caller mentioned, uh, a spoon of some sort, a, a Johnson Sprite or a splitter spoon would be really good, an inline spinner of some sort, good call. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're biting, and that's what matters. And and they're biting, they're active because they like the cold water, and they've been heavily stocked, and there's always holdover fish. You could get a bigger fish, but the ones recently stocked probably aren't the brightest bulb in the lamp either, so they'll fall for things that maybe another fish has seen more and had experience with. And it's meant to be that average weekend angler, go out, have some fun, catch a few fish, and then harvest some and take them home and go read the stocking report. In fact, on my Facebook uh, page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, Karen posts the fishing report. There's a link right in there to the stocking report, and they tell you where these fish are. They want you to catch them. But now, Chad, I've caught these fish. I've taken a couple home. Are they good to eat? To be honest with you, no. <laughs> they're uh, they're not fantastic eating. To, to be to be really blunt, if you just take that fish home and you just bake it in the oven and serve it, it's going to have a muddy flavor and not a tremendous amount of texture to it. So the the key is that they take on flavor very well. And so for me, it, particularly because I'm thinking along the lines of trying to share this dish, not just make it at home. I'm going to turn it into something that I can share easily. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is dip, fish dip of some sort, smoked fish dip or baked fish dip, some sort of a dip scenario where I mix it with cream cheese or sour cream and some sort of citric acid or lemon juice or something along those lines, maybe some white wine. There's a bajillion you know, fish dip recipes out there and stocker trout are perfect for it because they're not, it's not a really big fish. You can make a small amount of it or, or, you know, whatever. It's not a lot to deal with. You're dealing with a couple of fish that are 10 inches long, not too big of a deal to handle in your kitchen or whatever, but you can bake them and bake them whole skin on the whole nine yards, bake the whole fish and then pick the meat off the bones and then turn that into almost anything you want. So one of the things that I've made with it in the past that's really good is fish sticks of all the crazy things. Like when you were a kid, you had little fish sticks or fish patties. Same thing. Take the fish, just bake it off, put it put it in a big in a glass baking dish or a metal baking dish, put it in the oven, bake it till it's barely done, like 140, 145 degrees internal. Then take that meat, flake it apart. And take pull the bones. You at that point you can peel the skin off it, take the the meat off the bones very easily without having to deal with all the bones because it's fully cooked. You can do that with your hands, pick it apart, and then take that meat and mix it with other stuff and make tasty stuff. And fish sticks is a really easy one. Mix it with some breadcrumbs and a and a, a, a blended up egg and some flavoring of some sort, some mayonnaise, some kind of a, something to give it some seasoning, and then make little sticks. 
partially freeze them before you bread them and then go ahead and fry them off. And uh, they're absolutely delicious at that point. And it's same kind of thing with the dip. If you take the dip, I, I prefer smoking it. But you can also bake it in the oven and then season it heavily. And you can take it down the road of Cajun, let's say, or you can go down, you know, whatever whatever kind of flavor road you like to go down with whatever seasoning you add to it. So you asked me initially, are they tasty? By themselves, no, but they take on seasoning really well. And therefore, you can do things with them that make them easy to share. And for me, more often than not, it's going to come down to pre-cooking the fish, taking the meat off the bones, and then turning that meat into other things. And it's really good. Now, You've also mentioned several times holdover fish. If you get fish that are, you know, say 16 to 20 inches long, they've been in the lake all summer at least or maybe more. Uh, in that case, you can go ahead and serve them whole, rec- recognizable as a fish. And in that scenario, I might be more inclined to smoke it whole and then present it accordingly so that people can see what they're eating. But most of the time, I'm going to go ahead and take them apart. Now, those holdover fish or all the fish, you can kind of tell when you look at the fish what the quality of the meat's going to be, can't you? Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the trout that are freshly stocked, the meat's going to be a very white, kind of pale, off-white color, um, almost a little bit of a gray hue to it, and they're, they're, they're very mushy. And the easy way to look at it when you're looking at the fish without peeling the skin off is the tails and things. If the, if the adipose fin and the tail fin or the, the dorsal fin are beat up or are not formed correctly, that's because the fish was in the hatchery. He was crowded. When they first put him in the lake, he hasn't had a chance to, to clean up, basically, so to speak, where he'll grow all that back. If you get one that's got perfect fins and perfect coloring on him, even if he's only 12, 14 inches long, he's been in the lake long enough to heal, and uh, and therefore his meat will be better. And some of the holdovers that have been there a year plus, particularly out of places like Horsetooth or Boyd, where they're eating bait fish almost exclusively or, or Pueblo, uh, those fish are going to have very firm flex texture it'll be a reddish or orange color and uh and it's delicious in that scenario again i'll be inclined to serve the fish whole so that people can see what they're looking at so a whole smoked fish let them pick the the meat off with a fork and put it right on a cracker and uh and eat it that way but uh but if they are true stalkers what i call stalker they've been in the lake you know maybe a couple of months at the most uh, those fish, they, they do better if you go ahead and season them up fairly heavily with other things. You can also cook them into soup of some sort. That's really good. Cook the whole fish in the soup and uh, and then pick the bones out. Uh, that's really good. Some sort of an Italian soup. I've done that before with with tomato and parsley and, and stuff like that in the soup. That's a really delicious uh, way to go about it as well uh, to serve them. And um, But, yeah, at the end of the day, what you have is a piece of protein that, it, that absorbs flavor really well and uh, can be made into lots of different things. You can say you caught it yourself and provided it to other people, and that's really what it's all about. Chad, you've done some cooking videos in the past in addition to your your fishing television shows and your fishing videos. Um, do any of your videos address this, and where would people find them? Absolutely, yeah. There are several of them on, on, uh, on my YouTube channel at Fishful Thinker, and we have a whole section of just just cooking videos and there's smoke trout on there. There's, there's fish sticks on there. There's the soup I just mentioned is on there. Um, there's quite a few recipes on there. Actually, Terry, thanks for bringing that up. It's something that I really love. Most people, uh, that know of me, know of me as a fisherman, but at the end of the day, I like to fish and or I like to cook as much as I like to fish and, and hunt for that matter. And, and I've been doing a lot of venison harvesting this year and we've been eating a, a tremendous amount of venison and, 
Uh, actually, for the Thanksgiving that I'm going to this year, I, I smoked a whole venison shoulder, a whitetail that I shot, and I smoked the entire shoulder whole and then braised it down, shredded the meat, and uh, made gravy with the braising liquid, and that's what I'm bringing for my, uh, for my Thanksgiving dish up to, to a family that I'm going to. Well, you're not going to drop any off at my house? <laughs> I might be inclined to drop some on the way by, Terry. It's pretty good. And, and actually, I got uh, six pounds of meat off each shoulder, uh, six pounds of finished cooked meat um, after the bones and everything were out off of each shoulder. So I ended up with 12 pounds of perfect shredded venison that is like, uh, it's right up there with any sort of, of barbacoa or something like that that you would have. It's fantastic on tacos. It's fantastic on mashed potatoes. Uh, it's just really good stuff all the way around. I take the time to make a really good gravy with the braising liquid as well and uh, with a nice dark roux in it and uh, a bunch of seasoning. It's delicious. All right, you're making me hungry, so I'm going to let you go. But we'll mm. talk to you again in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks very much, Terry. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday. You as well. Thank you. Chad Lachance, always a great contributor. We're going to take a time out. We come back. I've got some ice fishing updates from around the state that I'll share with you. And uh, maybe Dan Jacobs will join us and we can find out what's going on in the sports world. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. I wake up in the morning so sad and so alone. I wonder where you are. That you are gone. You once filled my days with smiles and happy times. But now you're just a teardrop. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. That was another Wickstrom and Dover song. I think he might have played our whole current EP on today's show. Dante, you are really in the suck-up mode. I like that when that happens. Actually, you always do a great job, and you do a wonderful job for us, Dante, but I don't want you to hear that, so I'm not going to tell you. Hey, a couple of, I want to get to Dan Jacobs, but before I do, some ice fishing updates. Uh, if you listen to me talking to Nate, South Park is, uh, Antero is going to provide some great fishing, and so is Terriel. They should both be fishable ice, if not now, in the next day or two. When we say fishable ice, though, we stress safety, please. Early ice can change so quickly, but it's also some of the best fishing. If I wanted to catch a big trout, though, I think I'd head up to Lake John. The North Park lakes have from 7 to 8 or 9 inches of ice on all of them. Uh, they're producing some, I mean, we're talking 5 to 10-pound rainbows. There's some great fishing going on there, and and then the Delaney's are producing some numbers and some large fish. So I would maybe check out the Lake John Resort page or on Facebook, but I would head up to Lake John if I was just wanting to especially target some really big trout. Red feathers, I checked those personally. They were frozen over when I was there. I did not check the ice thickness. Um, you're going to see places like North Michigan, uh, Barnes Meadows, Possibly soon chambers, although it's a little deeper. Lakes up in that area are going to be uh, iced over. There's just lots of opportunities. There's also a lot of opportunities for goose and duck hunting right now. This weather is going to push them down. So if you're a shotgunner, get out there. And I'm going to post uh, some a lot of podcasts this week from our show. And one of them is going to be the, the Upland Game and waterfall hunting down in the southeast kind of overlooked that it's really one of the shining stars in the state this year so make sure now next week 
we're only on for an hour because it is rivalry Saturday where a lot of the big games like Ohio State plays Michigan. And is Dan Jacobs here in the studio? I am. Am I on next week, by the way, boss? I don't know. I don't think I don't think so. I think they just I think they just eighty sixed you. Hey, by the way, I do before uh before I smash into you for uh your shameless self promotion, I do want to say this. I went to the because I didn't catch it live. I went and did listen to your segment on the Wolves, and I thought that was fantastic. It was a really well jo- uh, done job by you guys last week. It was uh, informative and entertaining. Yeah, well, you know, there's so much misconception going on there now, and it was a public vote, so we'll have to see where all that goes. Well, I guess what I just have thing- to ask you, Terry, uh, because what you guys revealed on that segment was because actually, you know, I I have a place up in Steamboat, and in the paper there was. This article about how these wolves that they introduced had eaten all this livestock. And then I texted you and you said the same thing that you said on your show, which was, ah, it wasn't those wolves. Those wolves haven't been released yet. So I guess I just have to ask, if we already have wolves running around naturally in the state, why are we spending a bunch of taxpayer dollars to bring in more wolves, Terry? Now, that is something that we could debate. And I would probably come in on your side of the debate. But since it's a done deal... We're just going to have to hope that the Parks and Wildlife does a great job of management and we can live with it. I'm all about saving, spe- I'm all about saving species, but I'm not sure reintroducing wolves was the proper thing, but it's done deal and it's going to happen. All right. Well, there you go. I thought you did a good job there. And, uh, yes, Dante did hit his bonus by playing uh, every single song you've ever recorded uh, back to back to back. No, he didn't play the theme song to your show. Well, we got we to gotta save that for the end of our show. Oh, okay. It's probably the best right. song. Let's be honest. It's the best song you've done, right? I mean, we can say hey, it. You can say it. Let's not get carried away. We okay. have a new release. I'm just waiting for the artwork to get done. We'll see what you think of that. That'll be dope. But one thing, here's what I really want to talk to you about. It's going to take a lot for the Broncos to win back any confidence that they can be a capable team to me, one that I enjoy watching. It hasn't only been losing, but it's been tough to watch. It hasn't been fun football. Bad football. So then I, tur- then I turn to its rivalry weekend, and I look at the state of college football in Colorado, and, you know, I, I don't expect Colorado or CSU to be Ohio State or Michigan or Alabama, but what is it going to take so we can be competitive and at least within our conferences make it fun to follow them again? You and your fat cat friends need to pony up and spend some NIL money to get real talent to those schools. If you guys don't do that, it's not going to happen. Now, I donate to your charities you every do. year, and you you and you you give me you take a shot at me. You need to throw you and your buddies need to throw fifty seventy million a year and I and I owe money. You guys have it. Pony up, man. Oh jeez. All right, I tell you what, I'm going to let you go so I can close this out. All right, good talking to you. I'm sure Dan Jacobs is going to give us a lot of insight into sports here in just a minute. We're going to close up today's show. Thanks to Dante in the studio. Thanks to Karen for putting it together and running it. Um, get out. we got open water. We've got ice fishing going on. Next week, we're only on for an hour from 9 to 10 because of football. And everybody have a great Thanksgiving. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and Dan Jacobs Sports. I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night.
as she stood in the doorway. 